Ladies and gentlemen, very welcome to CX Idea by Greg. Thank you very much for being here. Anna Maria is also with us. She has really an interesting story. She has an in-depth know-how about customer experience, but let's start. Hi, Anna Maria, how are you? Hi, how are you, Gregorio? Thank you very much for inviting me to your session. That is, um, it's great to be here. Thank you, Anna Maria. Let's please start with a short introduction. What you did, what was uh, your job at uh, Zurich Insurance? I know you since a while, but it's really an interesting story. Sure, absolutely. I spent uh, the last 22 years uh, working for Zurich Insurance and the last eight indeed in the area of customer centricity. And uh, you're sending me now back to memory line. It was uh, towards September 2012 when my then boss, uh, Gabor Dani, and uh, his boss, Isabel Kanner, uh, who were coming from ING and had a lot of experience in this area, asked me to join uh, what was then a new uh, project. Um, they briefly explained me what it was about, which was indeed the implementation of MPS uh, globally across our company. And um, I, I can tell you, little I knew the absolutely fascinating um, journey I was about to embark on. Um, they actually hire um, the uh, support of Bain and company and also of Medallia. And we work with them over months, um, just really setting up a baseline. We develop a hypothesis on you know, what our customer strategy could look like. We tested this hypothesis um, across a few units. And uh, you know, the rest is history. We've been, um, we've successfully implemented not just the framework, and this is something that I really am thankful to them because I learned that although the project was about implementing MPS, you know, the core of it was really uh, building relationship with our customers and, and our employees as well. So it was not about a measurement tool, it was really about, you know, um, mind chief. And, um, you know, and I basically found my vocation. I, I've really enjoyed these years uh, uh, working on customer. Yeah. And I clearly see that also how you're speaking about that with your laughing when you're explaining these this, this things. And I think it's really something important to have passion. And now speaking about what you said, more than 20 years in the same com company, then it needs really that you need to be passionate about what you're doing to stay in the same company for so long time. Perhaps could you share a bit of your thoughts why you stayed 20 years there? Um, yeah, um, sure. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I recall when I was offered the, the first position, which was um, uh, communications role in the um, global implementation of SAP. Uh, it's a financial, it was a communication role without the financial um, finance area. Uh, I, I kind of sought insurance, you know, do I want to do this? Uh, but I tell you, looking back, uh, it's been exhilarating uh, 22 years. Insurance is a fascinating industry. It has so many facets and so many um, um, different areas within it, and it has such an impact on society. So when I started to realize that we were actually about supporting people, supporting companies, you know, to continue doing what they do and, and giving them uh, trust, I, I really fell in love with the industry, with the industry in the first place. I um, also joined Zurich at the time; they just became really global. And they bought BAT, and we were a relatively small team. 
uh, many of them has been working i are still working for the company so we basically grew together you know uh, we celebrated the successes of the company together we went through some challenging times together uh, i probably spend more time with these people that i've done with any member of my family when you think about a traditional way of staying in the office 10 12 hours a day uh, so they've become my family you know and siri has grown to be part of that family too so um, um i don't know if that could be the case if you're in a small company but definitely i have had so many opportunities to learn to grow uh it's been fascinating yeah i wouldn't change it for anything yeah Mm -hmm. Anna Maria, it's great what what you are saying, and I think if I can rephrase that, uh, what I really like is what you said: impact impacting people and the life of people, and that and this is what one of the the values that we really share together. And therefore, I really like to to speak to with you to understand better what you are doing, what your thoughts. This is one extremely important topic, and the second one is clear: it's business. However, we are spending so much time together with other people and that we want to create relationship not only with our customer but also with our colleagues in order to create something together you mentioned something like family i am also working in a sme small medium enterprise since 10 years i'm very happy to be there and and i really like our work together and how we are progressing but back to you because this is really important you are really very very positive also when you are speaking about that you are extremely passionate and uh, now you left the company what are your future plans um yeah, well that's uh, you're you're right i am i am passionate i am uh, optimistic but i am also realistic you know and i um i can see that we are i mean our entire at the world our society um, is in a difficult situation through the challenges placed by the pandemic. I um, believe that we are probably only at the beginning of what might be some challenging months, if not years. Uh, on the same token, I can see that governments are really keen on supporting companies to continue in business. So, you know, we will see a situation, it's my point of view, in which getting to capital is going to be relatively easy and cheap if you want, but actually finding, keeping and growing your customer base is gonna be extremely important, indeed crucial to sustainability and you know, just to existence. So I see people like yourself, like myself, you know, uh, being of, um, uh, of pivotal really to the success of companies. And I think the more we learn, you know, I, as I said, I, I had the, the pleasure uh, to have the opportunity to implement um, this program across 34 countries and you know we had over 100 pro programs because we have different businesses so i learn a lot and i would really like to be able to share that knowledge that i gain with other companies and help them to uh, either devise their strategy or review their current situation i i, I think a lot of people embark on customer strategies without really thinking through you know it they come a lot of time from the operational side and and what we have learned is that customer um, uh, customer experience is not just about service you know it's, it's really about understanding your customer and building a relationship with with them so yeah it's um, I, I look forward to sharing with a broader um, 
number of companies and people. Oh, this makes really interesting what, what you are saying. Also looking forward to get insight and, and to get also to share the know-how uh, with you. I think you are really speaking about the customer from, from the earth and it's something that I really like. You were speaking, I am I learned during this video that I'm using the wrong word, but I stated again, uh, you implemented a measurement framework, customer experience measurement framework, and it's clear it's much more than only a, a framework. But what was the initial intention why did you start measuring such KPIs? Uh, you know, we saw, um, I mean, the KPI for us is just the cherry on top of the cake, if you will. Uh, because, you know, if you know, let's assume, you know that your customers are um, not satisfied with any part of your, you know, um, of the relationship. Uh, unless you know what is what they exactly want, you know you won't be you will be tapering in in the dark. You will be probably you know potentially investing money and time in areas that are not relevant to the customer. So for us, you know, although we did want to have a baseline in terms of a score, uh, the most important thing was really to understand what was driving that score. You know what is what was really in the heart of our customers. So we departed from the theory that, you know, that there would be three main drivers to any customer relationship with us, and they would be, you know, their perception of our brand, our value proposition, and obviously that comes products and um, prices and, and the relationship between those two. And finally, the service piece. And within the service piece, we also, you know, distinguish uh, our people, and people would be having the right people, having the people properly trained, but also processes and uh, you know and tools. So it was it was a very um, comprehensive um, uh, framework, if you will, um, and we carefully coded all their uh, their feedback. So we had open-ended questions, and we carefully coded their feedback and linked these to their scores which allowed us to then, you know, target investments, target activities, and, um, you know, uh, quickly, really, really quickly move um, the needle. Okay. So uh, I, I think that that's the most important thing to listen, what is behind the score, and then build a relationship. Yeah. Okay, um, I, I think this is really uh, something extremely important, what, what you are saying. It's not about the numbers increasing if the NPS is increasing it or the customer effort score is, is getting better, but it's what's behind of that. And you have really a big, big experience with, with this measurement, with this under customer understanding. Perhaps could you please elaborate a bit more why it's so important to perform uh, this measurement and why to invest in measuring let's say customer experience or customer experience related KPIs like NPS and so on? Uh, you know, I guess it is like, um, like defining your roadmap. Uh, it just helps you to know if you, if you know where you want to go, you know, if you want to increase your number of customers, you want to increase, you know, customer loyalty, you want to increase product density, uh, you know, you have certain targets but you don't really know where you are on that road 
and you don't know what might be the fastest um, the fastest way to get there. So I see MPS in our case, you know, or, or any 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 uh, other methodology that includes uh, drivers, and I mean drivers is probably a little bit of a technical um, a term, a term uh, because what we are doing really is to ask the, the customers what's important to them to watch these, these responses. Um, you know, it just allows you to be faster, to be, as I said before, it uh, avoids you to waste time, it avoids you to waste money, and it really, you know, in many cases, we found that the changes that we needed to make require zero investment. You know, the investment that was required was really changing a process, uh, targeting our message, speaking in a different manner, you know, speaking to the needs of the customer, speaking to what's important to the customer. So uh, that's what I think measuring is so important because it just shades light on your path to your goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From my point of view, what you are saying is one of the best explanation that customer experience is a growth strategy. As you said, it's mm -hmm. about getting this information and it's not about investing a lot of money, but it's the idea behind customer experience is to, as you said, increase acquisition, improve retention, increase share of wallet. In the case, what you said, what's needs, what are the customer needs? Perhaps they need something additional if they really need and also to get more efficient because if people or customers don't need something, then you can change that. Or as you said, uh, changing a small process. I think this, these are four key topics to understand that customer experience is not something fluffy or speaking about general happiness, but it's really a, a growth strategy and this is extremely important. But I think what, uh, what, what you are saying, what you explained to us, it was not as easy as you are now explaining that. What were the main challenges that you faced during this long time of periods of measurement and this transformation process? Sure. Um, I, I guess we had two main um, challenges. Um, the first one, you know, coming from a very large cloud company, we had lots of initiatives. So we were competing in a way with many other um, global uh, initiatives on the one hand. We had, we were superseding previous initiatives. Uh, so there was some skepticism, you know, there was like, oh no, not another, not another initiative. So, uh, you know, we had to really overcome that and really gain the minds and the hearts of people. And as, that's one of the beauties of, uh, of MPAs in, in our case, uh, because when you start to speak, you know, when you start to actually bring the voice of the customer, the comments of the customer back home, you know, it's not what we are telling them, it's what the customer, what their customer at the, at the local unit level is saying. So, um, you know, we, we really had to uh, make a point to disseminate, you know, and to feedback, not with our words, but with the words of the customers. And um, on the uh, second um, area was also the perception that um, this could be a controlling tool. And this is not a controlling tool. You know, we see that as an enable, enable, uh, enabler and not a controlling tool. And I always highlighted that. And indeed for me, it was 
there as important as highlighting the negative comments was to highlight the positive comments because we had a lot of positive comments and i think you know a lot of people were not aware that we had so many customers that were so thankful that we were there for them when they needed us so uh, uh you know for me it was a double um a double goal uh you know or we wanted to build up our, our um, employees and really show them what they did well and then you know say but these things we can do better or these things the customer would like to have different um so yeah i guess those were the two uh two challenges you know convincing them um and clarifying the uh, the measurement as well uh, so i think understanding mps understanding the weaknesses of the measurement per se and understanding what is behind the measurement uh is really crucial and uh, so that's probably those were the two things yeah, yeah uh Thank you very much. I think these are three great insights and perhaps older people can, can use them, leverage on them. And uh, as you said, it's not the target, it's not the measurement, but understanding what's, what's behind it. What I also really liked about our discussion was about this international rollout. Uh, Brazil, Japan, Switzerland, and I'm not speaking about soccer, who is playing against who, but the rollouts that you did and the difference that uh, that are amongst these different countries. Can you please elaborate a bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, that was one of our biggest realizations. And I guess that comes together with understanding the metric. Uh, because, you know, the way people rate a transaction or rates your products or rates your company is um, highly driven by the cultural background. Uh, so, for example, we learned that in schools in uh, Chile, you know, they they rate the kids from uh, one to seven. So for them, seven is like a really good mark. And they, you know, anything above that, it just doesn't make sense to them. Um, we also um, learned that Americans tend to give tens very easily because they're very familiar and they, they think they might, you know, um, be it might be bad for the employee who serves them to give them a lower rating. Um, we also learned, and that was a, a big lesson, that uh, we translated the MPS question literally to Japanese. And apparently, uh, you know, in Japanese, when you do a uh, literal translation, the question translates into a request to actually recommend your company. So Japanese, you know, I did, they, they didn't really like that. And, uh, you know, and then the following year, we we were made aware of this and we actually had to have a control group and you know have a, a group that we asked the question in the same manner as the previous year and then modify it to say in the hypothetical case that you would have to you know that you were to recommend the company would you recommend us and uh, and then we saw that the score just stood out you know so uh we realized that it was just totally cultural as well so um you know we have seen in our market studies that austrians tend to rate all companies the same so you know it's a sea of sameness because they're just very kind to everybody um so that's why you know our baselines were country-based and not globally based or if we you know if we put together a, a global number we always look into the country detail taking a baseline from the previous year um so yeah it was interesting mm -hmm. and from your point of view your personal point of view why there are such big differences 
in in this country it's about culture or what's what's about um, I think culture plays a, a big role, definitely, you know, but obviously in our case, uh, we cater for different markets. I mean, you know, in the U.S., we are primarily commercial business, except for farmers. Uh, we primarily target large commercial businesses. Uh, in Brazil, we have a mixture between commercial and private lines. Japan is nearly 100 percent private uh, private lines. So you, you see, uh, you know, a whole um array of different customer customer needs uh decision makers you know it makes a big difference so uh, I, I guess so the socio-economical situation of uh, of a country and uh, our brand positioning also plays a role you know you see in emerging societies if you are a premium brand people will be very happy to you know to be related to a premium brand and just the fact of being related is the same as if you own a uh, lamborghini you know if you bought a lamborghini i mean you're gonna obviously say your lamborghini is great so <laughs> because that's what you wanted to have and it's similar with uh, you know with brands and, uh, and countries and appreciation of the brand Thank you, Ana Maria. This was also really interesting to understand the international differences. And but now it's the moment also to learn a bit more about you. And perhaps, uh, which book are you reading now, or which book it's your preferred book? What would you like to suggest to, to the audience? Oh God, um, I, I love reading. So you you know you pick up a bad question. <laughs> I, I read a lot. I read. Um, I do like, however, um, biographies. And uh, I, I really like learning. I really like to um, um, try and understand what all the people before us or how the people before us appreciated the world, saw the world. And uh, so the latest books I've been reading were the biography of Albert Einstein, which is a really fascinating book. And through um, this book, I learned that when he was asked um, whether he believed in God, you know, he said he believed in the God of Spinoza. So I made curious and I said, so who is Spinoza? And I discovered Baruch de Spinoza, a uh, Portuguese uh, philosopher from the 16th century. Uh, he was a uh, disciple of Descartes um, and, you know, one of the pioneers um, of the Enlightenment uh, time. So I started to read now his book, which is called Ethics. And at the beginning, first chapter, I thought, oh God, what is this? Uh, but it actually happens to be a, a fascinating, um, quasi a, a biography, because it really goes through the way, you know, he saw the world at, at the beginning, how he, you know, um, goes in solitude to try to interpret reality, you know, to at the end, uh, evolve into real freedom and he calls freedom the ability not the ability to do what you want but the ability to see the world as it is and accept it as it is and uh, you know I thought this is absolutely fascinating because in a way this is what we do with uh, customer centricity we stop imposing our customers you know to like what we want but, you know, we evolve into that awareness of what is important to them and we accept what is important to them and we, you know, work towards providing them what they 
want to meet. Yeah. That's really, thank you very much for the explanation. And I like also what you are saying to try to go in depth and to understand more why somebody said something, then you find out a new book and then you can deep dive in, in, in this book and link to your last sentence, what's important to them. Perhaps what, what's important to you because we spoke quite a lot about business and we are during again a pandemic, the numbers are increasing and we are also sorry that that is start increasing again, but we need to react. Uh, my question is, how can you ensure to maintain a satisfactory work-life balance or as you saying, or perhaps I'm trying also to, to push a life-work balance because life is also a bit more important than, than working. What, what, what are you doing? Um, this, this, you, you place really good questions today. Yeah, well, you always place really good questions, to be honest. Um, I, I guess one of the things that I see as extremely important is, again, you know, going back to what um, Spinoza said, to gain awareness of um, who we are and uh, the roles, because it's not one, you know, it's many roles that we choose to take in life, you know, and I think it's super important to say we choose and we should uh, really take the time to consciously choose who we want to be and, uh, you know, and within that, how we are gonna going to perform within that. So for me, I am really aware that I am not just, you know, the customer experience specialist, which I love to be, but I am also, you know, a mom and I am a friend, you know, and I am a human being uh, who would like to, um, to make the best out of, uh, of this life. So I guess, you know, keeping in mind that you have not just one responsibility is crucial. And, um, and then being who you are across all these roles, uh, I think is what gives you balance because if you pretend to be who you are not, which I think many times we do force through different situations or we think we have to, um, it, it brings this balance. So I, I guess that is my, that would be my, uh, my formal awareness, clear standing life and, uh, and then go for it. And, you know, I said reality, uh, in front of every challenge, you know, uh, we have two choices. Either we say, hey, challenge, let's see what we do, or you sit there and cry. The challenge ain't going to change. So you better, you know, take the positive stand. So that's my view. Yeah, I fully agree. I always like challenges. <laughs> Therefore, my answer is already there. But I think this is something really in interesting. And also what you said, perhaps, uh, somebody, somebody from the audience has interest to, to speak with you, to have additional discussion. How is the best way to, to get in contact with you? Um, at the moment, I would say through LinkedIn. Uh, you know, my profile is open to anyone. Uh, um, I, uh, I endeavor to answer every message that I get. Um, I'm very keen on sharing my experience. I'm very keen on connecting and learning from others. You know, I mean, obviously, I find extremely enriching and the conversations we have had before, I find them extremely enriching. You know, you come from a different industry. Uh, we do have uh, the same type of um, uh, views of, uh, about the world, but basically, you know, our experiences enhance uh, each other and, and so with many other professionals. So, 
very happy to uh, to be connected. Thank you. I, I think it's it's always for everybody a big enrichment if we can ex have exchange, learn from other people, even if it's in a virtual or digital uh, setup. It's it's really interesting to have such discussions, such interaction. Um, perhaps let's ask the last, very last question. Uh, do you want to leave us, the audience, with your last thought, insights, piece of experience? Please, please share that with us. Um, okay. Um, let me think. What uh, what can I uh, can I say? Um, Probably if one thing is what I just said before, um, you know, decide who you are, live by your values, uh, treat your customers, your employees, everybody around you by those values. And, uh, you know, and then you will, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you will feel at peace and uh, you, will, you will be happy. Um, I guess that's, uh, that's my best piece of advice. And in terms of MPAs, um, remember that whatever you do, uh, whatever um, framework and metric you use, is a tool to an end. You know, but the real, um, the real essence of a customer strategy is building a, building relationships, and you build relationships with integrity, and you build relationships listening, and accepting what you uh, what you listen, adapting. Thank you very much, Anna Maria. And also to the audience, ladies and gentlemen, it was again a great discussion with Anna Maria. I hope you enjoy, enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Maria. Arrivederci. Grazie. Arrivederci. Grazie a ti. Adios. Bye bye, Gregorio. Bye. Thank you.